0: Two, one. good afternoon everyone you are tuned into another episode of thousand Drizz. it is february 10th my credit card payment is due <laughs> and i am here at my office we are here at my office at the brunsville center Lottie fucking da hope you are doing well <laughs> turns out, hope you're doing well i am sir it is Saturday. Can't complain. Nope. Roller skating jam, De La Soul. Yep. Might even put that in the intro.
1: Fuck yeah. Because we got we to honor them anyway, because, you know, they've been, uh, what was it, um, you know, they've been going through some shit, but they just got their their catalog back, you know, within like the last, what, year and some change. And then, sadly, um, uh, uh, what's his name, passed away. Um, God, his name escapes me now. Um, but yeah, so like, and I was just watching an interview with them, uh, recently and shit, and it's like all this stuff kind of happened, like stacked on top of each other and everything. So I think that you know De La Soul definitely needs to get their flowers, you know.
0: Mhm, mhm. Yeah, there's a lot of man. They have a lot of good tracks. Fuck yeah! I've been noticing that with a lot of catalogs lately mm-hmm. um, being re-released. To their office, to their artists, the actual artists themselves. Right. I didn't know that Michael Jackson owned all of uh, Eminem's catalogs at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this story, and the way he did it was because, or well, the reason to why he did it was because Eminem pretty much dissed him mm-hmm. on a track, which is pretty normal for Eminem. Mm-hmm. And Michael Jackson was like, what the hell, you know, I've been a big fan of yours and you're making fun of me and all the accusations that Mm -hmm. happened within my life. Right. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Instead of going to the press about it, I'm going to buy your catalog, your entire catalog. Mm -hmm. So anytime you perform, I get paid. Right. Anytime your song gets played, I get paid. Right. And it wasn't until a year later, after Michael Jackson's death is when Eminem was... (laughs) Able to gain the rights back to his catalog, right? Which is fucking gangster as shit. Yeah. Um, but it shows, you know, like if you have money, you can make those changes, and um, and that's what it that's what it pretty much comes down to. Yeah, facts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a nice couple of weeks. What's new on your agenda? Um, what, what do you what do you want to? entertain the crowd with <laughs> um
1: yeah it's been um god damn, it's been it's been a busy a busy couple of weeks um for me personally um i mean you got a lot more to tell you know being that uh you just returned from uh europe um but i can kind of just do my piddly thing and then we can get into the the meat of your amsterdam
0: Literally rip, man. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah. So, I I just recently purchased a um uh, a new beat pad mm. and um and I got a a keyboard as well, a MIDI keyboard. So I'm dipping my toes finally, like officially, into producing house music. Nice. Um, my goal, and I know I'm, I, it's tough because I I don't like to say goals because I kind of feel like, um, sometimes like people will talk about shit rather than just do it. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, I'm gonna, you know, lose weight or whatever. And then they never fucking do. Right. Um, but I have set a goal for myself. I guess I'll just speak it here and have it come into manifestation. But within, within this next year, I want to have at least 10 tracks completed. Um, how long do you think each track will be? Um, it depends because the toughest part that I'm still navigating right now is understanding the software. Um, because Ableton is not—it's not incredibly difficult, but there's like uh, I guess you kind of get inundated with like options. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've learned is that it's not as linear as like traditional equipment that was like rack-based, right? Like you would have like a sampler, a sequencer, like these like separate objects and then you have to put them all through like a, a a rack and then like interface. Right. And then that way you would be able to, you know, map out your sounds and then you would record your tracks and then you'd put it all together and then finalize it. Now you're doing all that stuff through like one core piece of software, which is your, your DAW, right? Your digital audio workstation. Um, So what happens is you could be like thinking, kind of like a traditional sampler like you know like an old MPC or like a SP1200 or something like that like where I, you're like oh I'll just record the sound and then I'll chop it and then I'll refine it or whatever and then make my sample and loop it but now there's like ways where you can just take the whole track throw it in see everything like all the all the waves um and uh lines listen to it remove a bunch of chops like refine it change it cut it up do all this other shit and then that's like one way and then there'll be like another way that you can do it and another way and another way. There's like so many different ways to shear a sheep at, at that point, right? And it kind of, what it does is it it makes it incredibly easy for the user, but at the same time, it can also make it very confusing because then you kind of don't know where to start. Um, I, um, I recently um, <clears throat> I recently started to get... A little bit more experimental in the last year and a little bit of, uh, little bit of change because, you know, I've I'd, I'd been making mixes, right? But I started making re-edits. And I was doing re-edits in, like, a completely traditional format without the use of a DAW. So what I was doing was, like, I would play using box and my pads and I would create cue points. And for people who don't know what that means, um, you know, you, you find a point in the song that you kind of want to start from. And we have, like, uh, DJ controllers that have, like, the ability to, like, create, like, a, a loop or a sample from that pad. And you'll lock it into, like, one pad. And then every time you, you're you playing the song, if you hit that pad, it'll bring you back to that cue point, right? And you can do that several times over. And then you can name them, uh, give them, you know, like a, like a color reference. So that way you're not, like, hitting the wrong pad at the wrong time. You know, make everything color-coded. You can, you know, if it's, like, a James Brown... You know, yell or something like that or like a huh what or pump 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 it up you know you can put all that shit name it into record box which is really dope Um, but then what you're doing is you're doing it all in real time right and the tough part is that if you're making um, a track live on on the fly like that you have to have your timing down even though everything is quantized and mapped out you have to make sure that you're not like kind of if you're hitting pads, you're not like chopping into each other with dual sounds because they'll play sometimes a little bit simultaneous and it'll sound crunchy. You have to make sure that like, you know, you're you're keeping time and you're like five, six, seven, eight, and eight, and boom, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and eight, and boom, you know, and um, and because you're doing it manually like that, it can sound a little more human and there's room for error, which is good because like Jay Dilla. Was known for that. He would intentionally make stuff that kind of sounded sloppy, but once it all came together and he layered everything, then it just it sounded dope, right? Because um, you don't want everything to sound too mechanical or too perfect. You want to have something have a little bit of like human effect to it. So, um, so I started I started experimenting, and um, there was a track that uh, uh, the Daniel Groove put me onto that I was like really fucking with love love the track the only problem was that the way that i heard the track i was like i think this th- this whole intro just getting into this part it's kind of like taking too long right it's like you're not really getting to like the central kind of core of the track so like usually when i played it i would have a cue point like partway through the track i would just like skip out like the whole opening part and then um i started experimenting with it and I started to create like a, like an edit. But then what I did was I um, um, I created the edit using cue points, recorded that, right? Now, I took that MP3 and I put it over to my, my first channel. And then I had the original waiting in my second channel, hit record again, play the first one all the way through until I got to a point where I wanted to add something else to the mix, and then I would do that, and then now that recorded version, I'd put back over in the channel one, and then do that again. So you're me- basically that method was like how I learned how to record through my my father. He he had a eight track um, uh, cassette recorder in his home studio, so he would have to like create a baseline, and then he'd have to rewind the tape back, and then turn up the channel on channel two, and then he'd put in you know a melody. And Then you'd have to rewind the tape and then go back and put on channel three vocals or hand claps or whatever, and you would just create the layers one at a time. But you'd have to like go back to the beginning and play it all the way through, and then add your your um, your two cents, right? So, um, so I started doing that, and I made this re-edit, and the re-edit, like I I played it for uh, for Daniel Groove, and they liked it. And then I played it recently for Jeff Swift, and he liked it. And he goes, how did you do this? And he goes, D- did you use a DAW for this? I was like, no. I said, I use Rekordbox. I manually made this. And he's like, dude, this like, sounds really fucking good. He's like, I mean, your, your mixing levels, everything else, it just sounds good. Like the, It doesn't sound flat, because sometimes when people use DAWs, if you don't know your way around the back end of, of changing your levels, and uh things like that then after you're done it sounds amazing in your studio speakers but then you play it in the club and it sounds like shit or it sounds very like quiet and you have to crank everything up because you know you didn't know to like turn up the bass on this aspect take down your your highs here maybe your mids are conflicting in different parts so that's all like mastering and you know mixing that's that's another um, sweet science that DJ's, we do it on the fly, right? Cuz we notice maybe the the bass is too hot on this one track and we're blending it with something, so we learn to turn that shit down. But like when you're producing, it's like you're doing that to just one individual track. You know, you're taking like one song and saying, "All right, I got to I got to make sure that when the when the chorus comes in that it doesn't, you know, chop in with this cuz it's going to sound too busy." So you have to like know how to blend everything. And, um, so I was like, I was like going back and doing like a lot of research on like some of the, the, the greats, you know, like, uh, Tom Moulton was like, you know, a real heavy hitter all through the seventies, um, with the, the disco era and then, you know, pre house and stuff. And every time that he made a mix, it was, they were always like brilliant. And then of course, you know, Frankie Knuckles and Larry LeVan got into getting in the studio because they would have access, you know, someone would say, yo, like we just made this record. But we were wondering if you could make your edit of that. Like, how, how would this sound at the warehouse or the Paradise Garage? And you're like, well, I would eliminate all that shit. And they're like, okay, cool. Come into the studio and do it. Like, you have control of the boards. Take out the vocal if you want and add this or put that. So all that to say that that really inspired me to want to keep pushing and pursuing this. Because, you know, coming back from the Bay and just watching how CoFlow got down, that lit a fire under my ass. You know, I, I'm always talking about doing this, but I really need to actually commit to it like 100%. So I was like, all right, i I'm not going to turn back now. I'm, I'm going to do this within this year. And also I think that it'll be great because then it'll help with flow state. It'll give us something that is like us, right? Mm-hmm. Not just simply playing other people's music, but then also bringing, you know... Um, remixes and re-edits and original um you know tracks to the table for us. And then that way when we're putting stuff down for people, you know, maybe we know somebody in the Twin Cities who's a great vocalist that we want to, you know, lay down like a um a vocal track, you know. I mean, I got some people in mind and I just want to build this thing and make it, you know, something you know, something dope and something different because we've got a lot of people here in the Twin Cities that produce and they all have like different styles. And I feel like we've got something to contribute as well. Mm. You know, I feel like um, we, you know, because we, we are dancers first, you know. So I kind of feel like we can make things that are, you know, going to be um, uh, maybe uh, palatable to other dancers around, you know, mm-hmm. the world, hopefully. And, you know, they'll be like, yo, man, this shit is bumping over on this side of the planet. And we're like, fuck, great, because... You know, we're just sitting here, you know, doing this shit here in Minneapolis and we might not have as booming of a house dancing scene as we would like, but I kind of figure as long as we continue to plant these seeds, we're all that stuff is going to, you know, happen, yeah. but we have to, we have to be disciplined proactive. In, yeah, and proactive and, and have various disciplines too. So all that stuff, you know, just kind of, um, it, it just, it made me really, um, inspired to want to keep pushing in the on the production tip mm-hmm. and getting to a place where i can start to make um the kind of tracks that like were because um, like I'll, I'll hear certain records and i'd be like that'd be so much better if they just took out the um uh the hi-hat from that and it'd be cool if like right at this part there was like a drop but it wasn't like a complete drop it wasn't like a like an EDM drop right because I, I feel like some sometimes like the bigger producers that are popular do too much of that there's like too much of a roller coaster effect mm-hmm. and they kind of they kind of get away from the groove and I want to make a lot more like groove centric stuff that where if you're out here and you're dancing you're not gonna have to worry about like a, a 30 you know like 15 to 30 second drop where you know everyone's just kind of like all right we're waiting for the thing to kick back in it's like I want to want to keep people constantly moving you know and dancers i want them to continuously be able to like you know find things and experiment and if there are going to be drops they would be very limited you know they would be like something that adds like nuance and effect rather than like okay everyone's just going to kind of sit here and wait for the song to pick back up again Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's kind of been my um that's been my thing um the last couple weeks i've been you know experimenting a lot you know in the lab and trying to learn the software um been uh, messing around with a couple of re-edits I got some ideas for some stuff um, some old disco tracks that I want to kind of punch up and, and reinvent mm-hmm. and things like that and then eventually get into understanding um, not only music theory and, and being better on it like being able to play like actively on the keyboards and do you know um, all kinds of different stuff but um, also uh, understand like song structure. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we instinctively just feel it. We kind of know. Mm-hmm. But I want to get more into, like, this is, you know, this is how you do this. This is how you stay within a certain key. Mm-hmm. This is how a melody is supposed to go with this. This is how a low end or a bass line is supposed to go with this. Yeah. And then eventually get to a place where it's like, you know, if I could do that on the fly, you know, uh, like, you know, the guys that always inspired me were, like, at and CoFlow of course, and... um uh, uh, Mark uh, Reblet, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people like that where they can just play shit, lock in a sample or a loop and then play something else. And then pretty soon in like five minutes, they've got a track, Yep, you know, like that fast. I, I want to get to that point. And I just feel like it's going to improve also like the way that I am as a dancer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, already, you know, Jardy had already commented on that. He said, yeah, he goes, since you've been DJing, um, you've become... A better dancer mm-hmm. your musicality your timing like your sensibility and songs you know the way that you listen all that stuff transfers over to your movement i've seen it i notice it mm-hmm. and you know i took that as a real big compliment because i always felt like i was drastically behind everybody else because of the fact that i jumped into stuff so late and you know was always kind of like several steps behind so it was kind of cool to be you know given you know like acknowledgement on that mm. even if i don't necessarily see it and somebody else goes no man you're you're actually improving so i want to keep that going i don't want to just simply rest on my laurels and say all right I, I got a compliment from somebody so now i stop it's like no fuck that i got to keep going until i can't anymore mm-hmm. you know and i got to utilize that so so yeah so that's that's been my uh, my thing here sorry that was a that was a big a bit of a rant here so <laughs> it's all right that's why we're here but what about you Lash LaRue?
0: You know oh. on the on the DJ tip it's funny cuz I've been <clears throat> thinking about oh yeah, producing. You mm-hmm. know, th- I friends with a lot of producers. Mm-hmm. Um some close ones actually close closer ones to me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, one was in real one is in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um and then one is um how do I say it is is basically the boyfriend of one of my colleagues, mm-hmm. but they were both producers. They both work for like hip hop production companies mm-hmm. and like, you know, like uh EDM production companies as well. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, this was like, I think it was like last summer. I asked them, we, are, we had like a little small get together. I'm like, Hey, you guys are producers, you know, for someone like me that strictly wants to focus on house, mm-hmm. what would you recommend a program that I use? Like, obviously there's Ableton, you know, there's all this shit, mm-hmm. but, like, if there's something that, you know, I was looking to go, come at it from, like, a feasible point of view, feasible approach, like, mm-hmm. what would you recommend? Like, you have a then they're like, you have a MacBook, right? I was like, yeah. They're like, GarageBand.
1: Yeah. Yep. I was like,
0: really? They're mm-hmm. like, yeah. GarageBand, dude. It has everything you need in there. You just need to know how to use it. Yep. Exactly. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> so i'm not really motivated to produce music anytime soon Mm -hmm. i mean when the time hits it hits and when it hits i'll probably get very obsessed with it yeah and maybe not even talk about it and just release a track out of nowhere you know on soundcloud right um but i have been thinking about mixing on key Mm -hmm. and the idea and the concept behind it so i've been really looking into it and like understanding like you know because i when i mix i can make it work you know Mm -hmm. and, and i i um i what do you call give that all to my dance background yeah because we just know how to make shit work on the fly especially in my freestyle dance background so when i'm when i'm mixing like it's rarely ever on the same key but when i do see two tracks when i line up two tracks and i know it's like oh shit they're both on the key Mm -hmm. they're both on the same key like, it just sounds magnificent, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, it's like, I can't fuck it up. There's no way I can fuck this up right now because it's just, it's on point. So that's what I've been thinking about lately for the DJ tip, and mm-hmm. also I'm thinking about I want to release a couple more mixes. Um, I, I usually tend to release, like, a, like a R&B uh, Neo Soul mix around, around this time of the year, mm-hmm. every year, around Valentine's time, Valentine's Day. Yeah for whatever reason it always happens so keep a lookout for that i'll be working on that maybe i might work on it today mm-hmm. um just came back from amsterdam on monday yep i was there for uh house dance forever or summer dance forever essentially uh but it's like so it's weird because they they're now just calling it summer dance forever winter edition yeah it's like oh, I'm a moron <laughs> as hell <laughs> yeah. uh-huh Ironic as hell, yeah. but, you know, it is what it is. That's like
1: a fall spring sale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah literally.
0: Like, I'm like, hey, whatever works. Right. Um, but I guess, you know, Summer Dance is the brand itself now. Yeah. But typically in, in the winter edition, they only have one style, which is House Dance Forever. Mm-hmm. Because that is like the first one that came out. You know, it's, it's the mother of them all. Right. Because in Summer Dance, they have house, locking, uh, hip hop and whacking right and then but then you know in the winter is when it originally started when mm-hmm. it originally kicked off was only house yeah so they they keep it on that and then they also have clubbing forever too which is a which is an event that typically happens the day after the competition mm-hmm. uh, which is fun in itself but um so you know i haven't been back to amsterdam since 2020 uh right before the pandemic really kicked in and i've been feeling to go back And I could have gone back in, you know, 2022, 2023, when it really opened up for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just didn't really have the motivation to, didn't really have the drive to. I was playing golf a lot. Uh, I still plan on playing a lot more golf. But, you know, it's this, for whatever reason this year, it's, I don't know what it is, but there's something deep inside me that wants to compete more. Yeah. Um, I think I let a lot of things go, but... It's just, like, this sort of weird drive. And, you know, capping it off or starting it off with House Dance Forever really amplified it even more. Right. Um, You know, I came into this event. uh, I I was, like, manifesting a lot of things with this event. Mm -hmm. It was the weirdest shit. Like, I really, like, took manifestation to a whole other level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what was it? Gosh. I think six months ago or so. I already had like my outfit laid out six months ago. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I, I, re- I know exactly what I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear my workroom uh, shirt to represent uh, for the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to wear my my green pants, which is ironically what I'm wearing right now Yeah, uh, from public rec. And I'm going to wear, um, you know, these Adidas shoes that I picked up mm-hmm. and that's going to be my outfit. I'm going right. to do my hair. I'm not going to wear a fucking hat, which is the hat that I'm wearing right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to do it up. And then two months before I was like doing some research or not even two months, like a month before I was doing research on like, you know, dancers and whatnot, Mm -hmm. house dancers and seeing who's all big right now, because, you know, I'll watch a battle here and there, but I won't really like indulge. Right. Um, and one that I've been fanboying about for the longest time and that, you know, that's been really killing it in, in Europe and pretty much everywhere she goes is a Kazane. Okay. Um, and, you know, she's a phenomenal fucking dancer, beautiful. Like, she's just just such a killer at what she does. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, thinking about her a lot, I was like, you know, it'd be pretty cool if she actually showed up. Yeah. Because a lot of times they show up for summer dance, the right. summer edition. Um, And she just recently won, like, what is it, a Seven of Smoke at a, I think it was Random Circles mm-hmm. event in Germany, I believe it was in Germany. I, I don't know, correct me if... I'm wrong, and you're listening to this, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> she recently won a seven of smoke, um, and she's just been on fires. So like, man, it'd be really cool to see her in mm-hmm. person. I've seen her before, but never really paid attention to her. Yeah, you know, and the one that I feel like gets the most attention is like you know Mio or Mayu, mm-hmm. and which is which sucks because I think Kazune is the better dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, fast forward. Um, I left last Wednesday. Arrived on Thursday, and I get there. I'm, like, thinking of all this shit, you know, and, like, for whatever reason, Kazune is still in my head. I'm, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder how Kazune is, if she's going to show up. So I'm walking around the city, like I normally do. Yeah. Um, and then an epiphany came to my head. I'm, like, holy shit. I've been here so much that I don't even need GPS mm-hmm. to wander me around. So my the battery on my phone was, like, at 70 to 100% mm-hmm. all week because... Yeah. I didn't really have to use it for GPS. So right. I was like, I just knew where to go. Um, sad thing is a lot of the restaurants that I used to go to mm-hmm. were, didn't survive the pandemic. Yeah. So they all closed. But there's a lot of new restaurants that came into play. Okay. I was like, all right, let me try this out. And, you know, ate some good food. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking. And traditionally what I like to do, which is whatever, judge me for it, I don't care, is I like to go to the red light district mm-hmm. to have a beer. Because for whatever reason, the beer over there tastes really good. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because it's the energy mm-hmm. that the Red Light District gives. Right. But if you go to any bar there, it could be Bulldog Bar or whatever, like a, a low-key one. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, the drinks taste better there. Yeah. So I'm walking. I already know where to fucking go. I'm, like, walking down. And I see a bunch of Japanese girls. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, They look like dancers. I wonder mm-hmm. if they're here. And right behind them is Kazune. I'm like, holy shit. She's here. Yep. She's about to win. (laughs) Like, right away, in my head, I'm like, she's going to win this event. Yeah. So, do my thing. Friday kicks in. I meet up with Angelica. Angelica is a dancer from Arizona. And, um, you know, it was her first time. It wasn't her first time in Amsterdam. It was her first time at House Dance Forever. Mm -hmm. So, she's, like, asking me all these questions, you know, like, you know, she's telling me, like, I feel nervous, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, you don't have to feel nervous about shit. It's her first one. You know, just go in with with open eyes and just take everything in. Yeah. You know, you got nothing to worry about. So we go to theater forever. It's a show, uh, typically the day before the battles. Right. Phenomenal performance. You know, they had, like, a lot of high-level dancers in there, too, like Mamson, mm-hmm. Francois, and, you know, all these other amazing dancers. But I see who's all in the crowd, who's all pulling up. And it was at Paradiso, mm-hmm. which is where the event is. So, you know, I'm wondering, Angelica, we're talking, we're like, if any americans are going to show up mm-hmm. you know, i haven't really heard much and i haven't really asked around because for this event i, re- I kind of want it to be a surprise right you know i want to surprise myself with who shows up right so next thing you know, i see tasha i'm like holy shit tasha's here mm-hmm. and then right away in my head i'm like oh it's going to be tasha and kazani in the finals mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. each other i just <laughs> know it you know and i'm like that's yeah it's what it's going to come down to um and then i yeah, you know, just start seeing a bunch of people i saw john you know, Agusila and John, like, was shocked that I was there. He was like, holy shit, you're fucking here. And that was, like, the – that was literally the comment that I was getting all week. Yeah. It's like, you're here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I am. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, maybe it's because people have been seeing more golf videos of me more than anything. So they probably thought that I quit yeah. house dancing. <laughs> or Like, I just don't care to travel for it. Right. But it's just, you know, completely wrong. <laughs> I want to travel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, right away I'm like, damn, that's it's going to be a good event. Um, right after Theater Forever, they had Basement Session, um, which is right below Paradiso. And Angelico's like, you know, should I bring a jacket? I'm like, you don't want to bring a jacket. i was like, why? I'm like, it's going to get fucking hot yeah. in that bitch. Luckily, all these lockers that they have there, were comped by the event and the technology behind these lockers is insane like you basically scan a qr code Mm -hmm. um through your phone and then it unlocks the locker Mm -hmm. and then you can come back to it it's it's technology that i have never seen okay typically before you used to you know get like a token and then put it in there and blah blah blah. you get like a key or whatever no it's a token oh okay you just get a token and then if you want to come back, you gotta get another fucking token. So no. typically, you would go up to like the coat check and ask them for like four tokens, okay, which would be like the max, mm-hmm. or you just coat check your bag, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but no, this is like a whole new technology. I was like, okay. fucking fascinated by it, and I loved it. I was like, wow, this is genius. If I ever open up a club, this is what I'm going to implement in there. Yeah. Um, so whatever, we put our stuff at coat check or at at the lockers Mm -hmm. go down to the basement session it was just live live as fuck right started running into all these people I ran into Jose from from the from the Bay Area you know Latin Heat Mm -hmm. and he was like holy shit bro (laughs) same thing damn you're here I was like (laughs) I am you're here too I was like well there's another American yep Raul, you know, from from my crew, Circle Theory. Yeah, he shout out, Raul. Yeah, shout out to Raul, messages me. He's like, yo, are you in Amsterdam? I was like, yeah, bro, are you coming? He's like, yeah, I'm arriving on Saturday.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, you're arriving the day of the jam. Yeah, that's Raul. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And then uh, I was like, where are you staying at? He's like, uh, I'm staying in the city that's about 30 minutes away. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I fucked up, man. I just booked it. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> so, you know, which just really fucked up because it took him an hour and a half to get to the gym because oh. of some shit that was going on, you know, with yeah. his transportation. Oh, Jesus. Um, but I was like, oh, sick. You know, all these people are here. I already knew Frankie was going to be there, but mm-hmm. he forgot that I was going. Yeah. Um, you know, Troy from uh, from um, from the, from Frankie's crew as well was mm-hmm. there. Like a lot of people like showed up for it yeah which is which is phenomenal you know it was amazing and a lot of people that i was expecting the battle that showed up there that was like oh shit they're gonna enter they didn't enter oh it it was interesting yeah i'm like maybe these people are just chilling out yeah whatever the case may be you know it was it was cool so basement session was amazing Mm -hmm. it got super packed sardines it was basically like house proud yeah uh but you know instead of instead of like
1: Spectators. It was like oh, yeah, everybody's a killer. Yeah.
0: I, you know, instead of like eighty percent of them being house heads, it was like eighty percent were house dancers. Yeah, so it was fucking nuts. You know, like people from all over the world—Denmark, Korea, Japan—it's mm-hmm. um, fucking killing it. The DJ, she was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't remember her name at the moment, but I just started following her on um, on Instagram and on SoundCloud. Yeah, killer ass DJ. She, uh, I'm saying she's Dutch, mm-hmm. but you know, and, and the whole lesson behind don't judge a book by its cover, like kicked in for mm-hmm. sure. Cause if you look at her, you wouldn't even think she was a DJ. Right. Like she's a blondie, really beautiful woman. And like, you know, you would think like she's all into like that hardcore, like commercial EDM shit. Yeah. The fist pumping shit. <laughs> yeah. But now she was raw as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like killer ass DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she killed it. Um, moving on. And then of course, when I'm looking around, i look behind me first person i see Mm kazani i'm like oh shit so she's just like vibing out just chilling not really dancing but Mm -hmm. like you know just bobbing Mm -hmm. getting warmed up for me i haven't during that time it's been like a whole week since i've danced Mm -hmm. so i'm just like you know trying to get warmed up trying to get acclimated right and whatnot um and then you know, for whatever reason, every every time you know, I go to like a different part of the room, mm-hmm. and like Kazane would be like right there. I'm like, yeah. What the fuck? Am I following You or are. You. Me? <laughs> you know. So whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. The next day, um, I go down in the same place where the basement session one is where they do the pre registrations. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing: if it's going to be your first time to any of the forevers. A rookie mistake that a lot of people make is they sign up too early. Yeah. Now, if you like, everyone knows, like, especially if they've been around the ringer for, like plenty of times, is that you don't sign up in the beginning, you don't sign up at the end. Right. You find the middle ground. Right. And you judge it by the line. Yeah. So you want to sign up. You know, there, there's a guarantee. There's going to be over 200 people that enter this. So you want to sign up at like. 90 to 80s to like maybe 120 mm-hmm. is where you want to sign up in so you know me frankie and and uh jose you know like a heat and uh and raul we we're all like cracking up because yeah. we're seeing all these people like so hungry to sign up yeah and angelica ended up signing up like mad early she's like i signed up right away i was like oh all right <laughs> <laughs> well it's okay and um you know, we were all chatting it up, and we were like, yeah, dude, you want to sign up during the mid, because that's when the DJ's already warmed up. Yeah. And they're ready to throw some fire-ass shit. Right. Which they do, you know, it's just... Anyways, I was 103. hmm So, I'm warming up um, upstairs. Um, i get in line to go into 103, to go into my spot. Uh, this is already going into my prelim round. hmm And... You know, oh, let me just rewind. Let me rewind a little bit. Day of the jam. I'm in my fucking hotel room, right? Again, I had my outfit picked out. Ten minutes before I left for the jam, I fucking switched up my outfit. I even, I even went as far. Well, this is before that, but I even went as far as putting some stupid ass poll about should I do my hair or should I wear a hat. <laughs> and of course, like half of the people were like, no. The other half, with 20% more, were like, yeah, wear a hat. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't even wear a hat anymore when I play golf. Mm-hmm. Why would I wear it when I fucking dance? Yeah. So um, 10 minutes before I left, I changed my pants. I literally, like, switched up that whole deal. Same mm-hmm. shoes, same shirt, this time with a hat on and with different pants. And I added a jacket as well. Okay. And I was like, why do I feel so weird right now? As I'm walking to the event. Yeah. I feel so fucking weird. When I was warming up, I felt weird, too. I was like, mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't feel right. Yeah. So, you know, I get in line, get ready to do my prelim. I'm studying the song that's playing. You know, I'm analyzing it in my head already. Mm-hmm. I'm a freak like that, right? So I'm finding, like, all the all the different layers already. I'm like, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, okay. As soon as I step out, which is, no, you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. The song switches. Yeah. But it wasn't like a blend in switch it was like an abrupt switch like a a hard uh, it was like a hard cut and i'm like oh (laughs) so what do i do naturally i'm quickly analyzing quick as fuck like okay layer 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 for whatever reason i was way too in my head part of it was my outfit yeah part of it was not knowing the track and i couldn't really hear it too so all i heard and felt were the soft parts of the track yeah which is what i ended up riding the whole time mm-hmm. and from that on from that point i just felt like shit i was like dude i fucked this up you know like legitimately fucked this up and for some reason like i kept on thinking like if i make it the top 24 i'm gonna go up against kazani mm-hmm. and i don't know why but i was like i meditated about it too and i was like I think I might make it the top twenty-four. If I make it the top twenty-four, that's going to be very, very interesting. It's Mm -hmm. going to be very, very like I'm going to be very amazed by it. Mm -hmm. Like I had a really good feeling about it. Mm -hmm. So, whatever round was shit. I mean, it wasn't too bad now that I look back at the footage. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yeah, this is just it. Just wasn't me, and you can tell that I was way too in my head. Um, but needless to say. All the homies fucking killed it. Yeah. Like, shout out to Raul. Raul yeah. made it to the top 24. Yeah. I mean, the man has been on a hunt. Yeah. <laughs> and what's what was even cooler was that, I mean, this dude is straight up jazz. Mm-hmm. Like, 100% jazz. Like, the shoes that he was wearing mm-hmm. looks mad and comfortable. <laughs> like, like, his outfit, the whole nine, like, he was set. Yeah. Jose made it to, you know, Latin Heat made it to top 24. Fucking super proud of those guys. They just wrecked. They wrecked their prelim round. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, like Frankie J, Kazané, like all of them. Like, they they all made it on and whatnot. Um, So, from there, I I just knew I fucked up, you know. But what made the whole event interesting was that now I was just more of a fan. Yeah. You know, I was just chilling there trying to watch the battles. And I just wanted to, you know, just wanted to enjoy. Yeah. Which I did. You know, like, I was... (laughs) stuck in sardine mode with all these people I like, gathered up mm-hmm. on top of that, the event sold out. Yeah. So it was so fucking packed in there. It was the first time a winter edition ever sold out. Okay. So for whatever reason, everyone just wanted to be there. Yeah. So the, the energy, everything was just fucking lively. Right. You know, there is no way you could get tired there. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching the event. Everywhere I look, Kazune is on my left or my right. Yeah. <laughs> or she's like right behind me. I'm like What the fuck? Like, until she kept on, until she had, had to go battle. And right away, I was like, dude, she's going to win this shit. Mm-hmm. And Raul and I were talking, you know, like we met up before and we were chatting it up. And I was like, dude, I've been manifesting a lot of shit for this event. He was like, mm-hmm. really? I was like, yeah, dude, like causing it, like all around. And then I was like, talking about these battles, I was like, how amazing would it be if Yoggson entered and went against Shan Chanes- and he was like, yo, that would be a sick battle, bro. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know, right? Like, they have similar styles. They're both, like, my practical dance heroes. Like, I think they would fucking kill it. That would mm-hmm. be a fun battle. <laughs> the day after. All right. Uh, first of all, Shaness won the whole event. So, shout, you know, congrats to Shaness. Mm-hmm. Well-deserved. I think that if Kazune got called back from, you know, into the semis, she probably she would have won the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like she had, she stole the hearts of the whole event. Yeah. Like the crowd, she even got like a crazy ovation, Mm -hmm. like standing ovation when she lost. Yeah. Like everyone went nuts for her. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, Shan S won. but fast forwarding over to clubbing forever. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, there's a cipher that forms, right? And I ended up filming the whole thing. If you want to see the whole exchange between Yolkson and Shan S, it's on my, it's on my Instagram, my dance Instagram page. I fucking manifested that shit. <laughs> I was like, like it was a natural thing, which is usually what happens to the house. It's a natural deal. And then I'm filming the whole thing and everyone just fucking gathers, yeah, you know, because it's like, holy shit. You got these two icons going at it, different generations, but still icons of the same level mm-hmm. going at it, exchanging same, similar styles and the whole nine, you know, simplified. And the funny thing is like a lot of people when they watch it, especially if it's like a, Unexperienced house dancer, Mm -hmm. they watch it like they get bored. Yeah. Because they don't understand what they're fucking doing. Right. Like, it's like if you're a B-boy, right, and you watch um, Abstract, Mm -hmm. you got to know, you got to understand what he's doing. Yeah. Or you watch, um, you know, PA. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to know what he's doing. Like, you got to understand. Like, if you you don't know how to pay attention to detail and musicality, Mm -hmm. you're going to be lost. Right. Um, so that was such a crazy battle, right? I was like, holy shit, that was amazing. Um, I'm kind of all over the place right now because I'm trying to gather all my thoughts. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, at least I'm still on the same subject. Yeah, I, no, no, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm please. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. kidding. Uh, now, so f- let me rewind back to the battle. So fucking, <laughs> uh, anyways everyone i kept on running into same shit mm-hmm. you're here yes i'm here ran into tamara right from she's from the netherlands a phenomenal dancer she was like holy shit how are you i was like i'm good she's like man i she's like i saw your name on the on the um, screen and i was like oh wow he's here you know i was like but i I, for whatever reason I didn't see it, I was like, yeah, it's because I'm wearing this stupid fucking hat. <laughs> like, and he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, all these people are like, damn, dude, like, we didn't recognize you because of your hat. I'm like, I know, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm about to burn this motherfucking hat as I wear it right now. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, fuck me. Never wearing a hat again. Um <laughs> I, just remember, I was talking to Foot. It's a little fun about it, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, should I wear a hat? He's like, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you should wear a hat because he never wore a hat. When's the last time you wore a hat? I was like, a long time ago. He's like, exactly, man. Wear a hat.
1: <laughs> I'm fucking never do that again. I mean, it's it's kind of always been like the the standard uh, thing about you, right? It's always been hair. Yeah. Like everybody that's ever talked about you, they're always just like, Oh, yeah, and there was when Ozzy had, like, the uh, the bald fade with, like, the spike thing. Mm-hmm. This is Ozzy when his shit was, like, combed over to the side. So mm-hmm. it was always, like, you always had, like, some different type of, like, pronounced hairstyle. Yeah. And um, and people recognize that, you yeah.
3: know.
1: Yeah, and then, <laughs> they always say, man, you have really good hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, you know, and it's the same shit with, like, you know, there's certain dancers where... Um, you know, you see you see when they start wearing a hat and how that like kinda changes their dynamic. Yeah. Sometimes for better, but sometimes for worse. Yeah. And then there's other times where people just go like, yo man, you got like you got like dreads, just just let it go, right? And then yeah. they're like, I Oh, mean, but I want to wear like something that keeps my hair out of my face. And dude, it's like, yeah, but you know, the day, if it ever
0: happens, I hope it never does, mm-hmm. but if Frankie J was to ever like shave his head, yeah.
1: that's gonna be fucking weird. That will be weird. Yeah. I, I think because it'll it'll also affect. I think you your balance changes. Yeah. Like the longer your hair, it kind of creates like a different type of weight and yeah. movement. And then when you like shave your head, now it's like it um, it it changes your kind of almost like your center of gravity mm-hmm. in a way. So yeah, I, I would definitely see if if Frankie did that. It would almost be like going back to like when he was first. Um, uh, when I first met him, uh, when he first came to Minnesota, you know his uh, his shit was like it was they were they were dreads, but they were maybe like chin, yeah, like, chin like length. shoulder length, yeah, yeah. like it, it wasn't they they weren't like as pronounced as they are now. I mean, no. now he's like on like that orb level, you know, where he's got his shit like you know, like tucked in the back, and it's like like long, like down his back, you um, know. Um,
0: now and then he also branded himself the Red Red Househead, yeah. So it's like. <laughs> can't go back from that now right (laughs) right so hopefully he's just fully locked in right um yeah it's called superstition or Mm -hmm. whatever but it's just one of those weird things i mean even michael jordan had that superstition where if you watch the last dance and there's a point where he he switched up his jersey number i think to number 45 yeah and then mid-game like or halftime he switched it back to number 23 yeah he's like yeah it just didn't feel right wearing number 45 yeah like he had to turn it on by no. and then everyone knew it too as soon as he put the jersey on really? for number oh, 23 shit. they're like yep it's fuck. we're fucked right you know because now it's like he just he just brought him back right so i like that's how i felt about my hair i'm like fuck dude like the next day was you know clubbing forever mm-hmm. i fucking did my hair I fucking danced for five hours straight. (laughs) Like, there was no gassing out. Right. And fucking went to town, dude. Right. Like, just going off. And I was like, yep, never gonna fucking wear a hat again when I, you know, when I dance. I mean, again, I don't wear a hat. I stopped wearing a hat when I play golf Mm -hmm. because for whatever reason, it just felt weird. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt like it was blocking some sort of vision. Right. You know, like, fuck it. I'll just put the damn, uh, you know, sunscreen on my face, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hence, if you saw me during the summertime, that's why I was extra dark, because I never wore a hat. Right. And I was like, fuck this bullshit. I'll wear a hat when I podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I did that, too, with... Um, I mean, I, I've changed that lately. Like, people who know me have seen that, you know, I'm rocking a man bun and everything, and I'm growing my hair out. And I'm just, like... I, it's not that I never like to wear hats anymore, but I also feel like what you were saying, it, like it changes your your um, peripheral vision, and also I sometimes I feel like I used to hide under my hat. I would have mm-hmm. like like my brim like down like close yeah. to my eyes, and yep. I would notice that I'd be like looking at my feet more and yeah. looking at the ground more, and I was just like, no, nah, fuck that. I, I gotta I gotta really like open up, and I've gotta you know change something so that way I can dance like more broadly and then the same thing even like with like mixing and stuff like that it just you know it, it just it makes you feel a different type of way mm-hmm. and i think that that stuff is important because ultimately you're, you're doing what's making you feel comfortable but also um if you feel like you're kind of hitting a wall then sometimes you just have to make these changes or adjustments right you're like yo these shoes are a little bit too tight or i'm wearing pants that are way too baggy. Maybe I need to go more form-fitting or maybe I need to go baggier, you know, things like that. And then sometimes, like, you'll hit that that stride. And mm-hmm. you go, yo, this this feels dope. And then now people kind of go, like, yeah, you, you move differently. And um, so I, I think that, you know, how they, like they say, like the, the old saying about, like, clothes make the man. Well, um, it's kind of true in regards to, like, your personal – Style, mm-hmm. Right. And if you're going to be like everybody else, then don't be surprised that you're going to be treated like everybody else. You're just going to be like another face in the crowd. But yeah. if you figure out some sort of a lane for you and maybe you're inspired by the people, maybe you're like, Hey, I always wanted to look like that, but I don't want to carbon copy that. So maybe I'm going to do something like that, like mm-hmm. ish, you know, like, you know, you, you're like, I really like the way that orb, you know, the way his dreads are. So I want to do something like that. But I'm going to do it like in a different way. And then pretty soon it would be like you come out someplace and then you run into orb and then orb is like, yo, I like the way that you got your shit lined up or, you know, how you, you do that. That's really dope. And you're like, fuck man. Cause I was trying to, you know, I was inspired by you kind of a thing, but now I'm doing something that maybe gets the attention of other people. And not to say that that's like the point of it all, but it's just really like, like you've always been that kind of guy. Like when you dance, um, your your particular style is always been um, like footwork centric and very rhythmic and you're really good at like highlighting accents and stabs and little patterns that are here and there in the song and I think that like if you were wearing like a whole bunch of like baggy bohemian kind of out there type of shit it would sort of obscure the fact that you know you have like this real like you know uh, like sharp kind of technicality Mm -hmm. and um and then of course if you wear something like a like a hat or you know you had a big ass puffy down coat or something like that i think that would kind of change like people people don't even recognize you that's that's the funny part that's what happened you know and you know and there's like there's people that do that all the time in like you know they they teach that in like tactical evasion and stuff where you're walking in a crowd of people and all you do is like sink like three inches like just sink your knees a little bit and walk a little bit lower and now that person that had eyes on you lost you in the crowd mm-hmm. you're still wearing the same shit it's just that you just slightly change the level mm-hmm. and that happens when some people can put on a ball cap or a pair of glasses or you know turn their coat inside out and now they look like a completely different person yeah like, damn dude so
0: yeah i, I think uh you know i wearing, wearing a hat too is just a point a way to just stay low key yeah like I noticed that whenever I wear a hat it's just like the, a low-key kind of day mm-hmm. and I'm like you know I, I right. just need to be low-key I don't want anyone to recognize me or right. I, I don't want to see anyone you know I just want to like right. get in my own get in my own zone get right. in my own head just do my own thing um yeah anyways um Clubbing Forever fucking amazing amazing music amazing vibe mm-hmm. um I got a lot of footage from it too you know just a I didn't try to take too much footage because I just wanted to be in the moment. Yeah. Um, I even brought, like, my DJI gimbal. Didn't even take any footage at all at the event. Mm-hmm. For one, if, if you're recording it at the actual battle itself, John will fucking scold your ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, he will stop the event. He will stop the fucking battle. Right. Just to tell you to put your phone away. Right. And it makes sense because, like, dude, for one, you're there. You want to be in the moment. You know, fuck the phone bullshit. Right. And then also... They're paying so much money for high level production, yeah. That it's like, dude, and it's it's free essentially. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's one less thing you have to worry about. Yeah, you're like, yo, I don't, I don't need to. It's not like a high school gym event where you know, if you don't record, maybe nobody will get any footage. Yeah, right. It's like you get to focus completely on this experience, so utilize that. They have
0: three cameras lined up, professional high grade cameras. They have one at the top on the balcony mm-hmm. you know and then they have two on the on the ground level yeah like yo there's no need for a phone i mean the only re- only reason why you'd want to have your phone well now today is because mm-hmm. to open your locker right you know if you put you know you gotta have your phone on there but like no need to put it out and start recording right you know like jan like the whole fucking event and whatnot like if there's snippets if there's moments where you know like yeah no one's gonna record this shit mm-hmm. like the for example the shan s Gilson, yeah i recorded that and summer dance forever I ended up liking it yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it was like and that was at clubbing forever too right so you know though all i gotta say it was a phenomenal event it was amazing I think I need to, like, work with Kazune or something. Because, again, I kept on, like, running, bumping into her. I chatted with her a few times at the jam. I was Mm -hmm. like, dude, I feel like if they called you back for the semifinals, that would have been, like, you would have won the whole thing. Yeah. If you're wondering what I mean by that, let me just quickly break down the format. So the format of Forever Battles, right? And this is what I fucking love about them. I don't think I'll ever implement it on my own if I decide to throw a jam. Mm Because maybe there's, like, some copyright shit to it. I don't know. Um but just like any jam, you can enter at your own will. Prelims start with because of how intense and how massive it is, uh, first of all, there's three judges. Mm-hmm. Um when prelims happen, there are two people that go out at the same time. Mm-hmm. They both get forty five seconds yep. to dance. Okay. Out of those you know 276 people that enter a top 24 gets chosen mm-hmm. right which is unusual if you're if you're familiar with like you know traditional bracket yeah. style you're like why is the top 24 it's kind of a weird number mm-hmm. that top 24 goes against each other mm-hmm. goes down to a top 12 top 6 yep and then a top 3 right so the top 3 gets to pick each judge they want to battle mm-hmm. So, the first judge... Or I mean, the first person, say, for example... So, the three judges this year was Francois, Nada, and Chanes. Mm-hmm. First person, uh, I believe, was... I think it was Kazané. She made it to the top three. So, she ended up picking um, uh, Francois. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second person was... um uh, shit. Who the fuck was the second person? I can't remember, but they ended up picking um, uh, Nate. Oh, it was Mamson. Oops. Okay. It was Mamson, but he ended up picking Nada. You know, which is, and then the th- and then the third, obviously, you know, was this Clubhead. Um, was this guy this dancer? I think he's from France, but he ended up picking Shaness, which mm-hmm. was a pretty good battle. Yeah. So they battle it out, right? Mm-hmm. The three battle it out. The first two battles um, get judged by themselves so how it works is kazanay and francois they go at it uh i believe it's two rounds each or one round each i think it's two rounds Mm -hmm. after the battle john agasilos who's the mc the main mc walks up and he's like did you win or you lose Mm -hmm. and this is what i love because now it's a point of honesty yeah like if he know you fucking lost that battle right let's be real yeah so you know kazanay was like I lost. Mm -hmm. You know, and Francois said, Francois came up. Well, it comes down to like, if they say they both won, Mm -hmm. then they have the chance to go an extra round. Right. Or the crowd votes through a sound meter. Okay. So the sound meter is you got to yell into that bitch. Yeah. Right? And goes up like 100 knots or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Kazune admitted her loss, which I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, okay, yeah, I I think she did lose that battle. Right. Mm -hmm. But. Stay tuned because this is where I was like, if you got called back, you would have won. Yeah, because again, she had the crowd's heart. Yeah, you know, like it's fucking insane. Um, when she admitted she lost, mm-hmm. people still cheered her on, and she got like this ovation, standing ovation. That shit you not lasted for like two minutes. People mm-hmm. just kept on going, like clapping, going crazy because mm-hmm. she was just so fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Right, Mamson. Goes against Nada. Nada admits her loss, so Mampson moves forward. Mm-hmm. Now, the last battle, which was S and I can't, for whatever reason I can't remember his name, um, the last battle, whoever wins that gets to pick someone from the top 24 to come mm-hmm. back for the semifinal. Yeah. So it could be like somebody that, and that, this is where strategy happens, right? Yeah. Because if I'm the last battle, Um, one, you want to have a good memory right? right? because you want to remember who was in that top 24. But if I'm the last battle, I'm going to pick someone that's the weakest length Mm -hmm. that I felt like was the weakest person in that top 24 to come back so I can beat them and make it to the finals. right? So kind of going back a little bit, this is why I love this format because as a judge, you are put on the spot. Mm -hmm. Like judges can sometimes be a little too comfortable, and if – you're a competitor and you're wondering, why the fuck is this person judging? You don't have to wonder anymore. Just make sure you make it to the top 24, top three, and you can battle them yourself. Yeah. So Shan S ended up picking um, uh, Nene from um, from Montreal. Uh, Nubian Nene? Yep. Yep. So I ended up picking Nene. Um, and then Nene admitted her loss, mm-hmm. right? Because it's still the same format. So then it was Shan S... Um, Versus Mamson okay. in the finals because cause Francois ended up admitting his loss to Mamson. Or wait, was it Francois? Or no, no, no. Shit, I can't remember. Maybe it was Francois versus Shannon. No, no, it was Mamson versus Shannon, I believe, in the finals. I can't remember. Uh, either way, you know, they both go at it three rounds. <laughs> so now it's like on another level. Mm hmm. And then um Mamson was like, Fuck it, I lost. Mm-hmm. So Shaness ended up winning the whole thing. Okay. It was wild. So it's it's such an amazing format because it's it's strategic, it's honesty, and it's respect. Yeah. You know, like that's that's what it's all about. Right. You know, and I fucking love that shit. So, anyways, going forward, um, you know, I'm still manifesting Kazane all over my fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> atmosphere. Uh, on the day of going back home, <laughs> I get to the airport, and I was like, "Shit, I wonder if when Kazane is going back." Mm-hmm. I look behind me to get into to get through the border, yeah. to, through like you know the first part of first layer of immigration. Right? She's fucking right behind me. I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" I was like, "Hi, Kazane." She said, "Hi." <laughs> I'm like, chatting. I was like, "Have a safe trip. Good, you know, good stuff this weekend." I'm like, yeah. "Dude." I think I need to work with this girl. Like, I need to work with her or something. Like, I or like I don't know what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. But, that was, that was some weird shit. (laughs) You know, there were a lot of highlights of this trip. Yeah. All I can say is, I will be back in August. Yeah. Because, you know, although I loved every minute of it, Mm -hmm. I just hated my round. Yeah. I posted my round. You'll see it if you want to see it. Just go on my dance Instagram page. But, yeah. But I fucking, it's like unfinished business. Yeah. You know? Like, and I know somewhere deep down inside, I'm going to make it to the top 24. Yeah. Like, I just, it's given. You know, like, I knew it went with Blueprint, made to the semifinals with that. I'm like, I know one day, one day I'm going to make it to very far in that battle. It fucking mm-hmm. happen, right? So, you know, being that that was the first event of the year for me, it really ignited a fire for me to yeah. just want to, like, go to all these events. Right. So now I'm thinking, like, okay, well, I'm going to go to March Madness mm-hmm. in March, do a two-on-two with a foot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Blueprint if, mm-hmm. if it happens or when it happens. Yep. And I'm going to find all these, like, you know, smaller jams yeah. um, that happen in the U.S. I'm going to hit it up. Fuck yeah. it. There's also this big dance festival in Vancouver. Um, I actually and it had the pri- the pleasure of meeting the, um, one of the event coordinators in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm the one that throws the event in Vancouver. I was like, oh, shit. So yeah, just come through, you know. So I plan on hitting that up. That's like in August, mm-hmm. as well. But it's like I just have this hunger now to do it. Yeah, you know. I don't. I don't know. What it is. maybe it's the year of the dragon. Yeah. You know, like year of the dragon. Like they're saying, like this is the year where, if you're you're the dragon, where you want to be as active as possible. Right. Physically, mm-hmm. you want to gun it. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah. You know, like I already, I already did everything else, like rearranged my room and shit to mm-hmm. to coincide with that, <laughs> with yeah. the benefits of it, but. Yeah. That's my story in Amsterdam. There you go. I mean, if you want to know more, just hit me up. I can get to the nitty-gritty. But, you know, in a nutshell, in a big nutshell, that's pretty much how it went for me. Mm. I mean, I'm glad to be home. Uh, still semi-jet-lagged. Yeah. Yeah, I just got back on Monday.
1: Um, what is it? It's, there, it's just a six-hour difference ahead of us, right?
0: Six-hour difference, but then you're in an eight- to ten-hour flight. Yeah. You know, so... When I got there, man, I was super fucked. I was like, "Oh God, I remember now." (laughs) (laughs) Like, because it was, I left here at three thirty. My flight was at three thirty. It was a little delayed too. I left here at three thirty. It was like an eight to nine hour flight. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're flying from three thirty, and then you're getting there at six a.m. I couldn't even check into my hotel until um, like one o'clock. Okay, because actually two p.m. I think I believe was like check-in time. Okay. And you know, before the past few years, I've I've gotten lucky, and I was able to like check in early. They had like a room available, right? But for whatever reason, this time they didn't. I was yeah. like, oh, Fuck. So you know, like, but just you know, leave your luggage here, go walk around. So I did that. I walked around the city, mm-hmm. you know, just got familiar again, and okay. realized like, damn, I really know this city that well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't need shit. Um, and then uh, you know, what uh brushed up on my dutch spoke a little bit of dutch while i was out there Mm -hmm. so it
1: was it was nice dope man yeah Yeah, that's you know speaking of manifestation aside from you know the track um like production aspect um that's the other thing that i really want to do as well is get more active um on the dance tip and um definitely uh go to um uh, if, if you're going in August, I either want to try to go in August or go next February mm-hmm. to Amsterdam because I still have to do that. I recommend going in the wintertime. Yeah. Honestly, because it's cheaper.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Weather is not as good. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You're there for a dance event, You'll mm-hmm. warm-up. Um, and it's not as overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason to why I want to go in the summertime is... For one, I just feel like there's unfinished business. Yeah. So I want to fucking. I, yeah. wanna, I really want to light it up, or I want to feel good about my round. Mm-hmm. I did not feel good about this round. When last time I went in 2020, right? I felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah." This one, I just man, I felt like shit. So I at least want to feel good about my round. Mm-hmm. If I don't make it to the top 24, right? Um, it's way more expensive. Yeah. You know, in, in the summertime, like so fucking expensive yeah cause Meng and Melvino they want to go in the summertime too and the mm-hmm. three of us we've been like chatting about it for like a few years now like mm-hmm. yeah fuck it let's do it you know mm-hmm. and, I, and I told him like you know I just realized that Airbnbs and hotels are fuck. like you're gonna be as a person alone mm-hmm. you're gonna look at spending like depending on how many days you stay there mm-hmm. you kind of want to stay there for like five days yeah you're gonna spend like at least like six seven hundred dollars just yeah. by yourself on a hotel yeah that's expensive man
1: and then what, flights, like 1500
0: Probably. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Um, and then food, because it's euros. Yeah. yeah Think about this, you're spending euros now. And then event fee was, if you get the package, it's maybe like 120, 150 euros, mm-hmm. but that includes everything. Yeah. Except for workshops. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then food is not cheap either. Right. You know, so like you're looking at
1: spending, you Like know, 30, or, or 3Gs to 3,500.
0: I aim for five, just in case. Yeah. You know, so that's one thing I keep. On. So I always say, wintertime is the best time to go, mm-hmm. um, and it's house focused in the wintertime. Right? You know, where this one it's just
1: so fucking overwhelming that you really
0: got to pick which oh. events you go to.
1: Oh, what was your uh, what was your ticket uh, price uh, for flight um, for February? My situation is a little different because my dad. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Because I have flight benefits yeah. from my dad.
0: You know, and so I was, I was comfortable. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, like it was. Where well, they weren't free, but mm-hmm. they were good. Um, is that a uh, was it a direct flight or yeah. okay, no layovers? That's in like an, or that's anything.
0: another reason to why it's it's best to fly from Minneapolis because mm-hmm. it's a straight flight. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, you could find like cheaper flights, mm-hmm. but you're. Dude, just pay the fucking money. Right. Like, even if I didn't have my dad's flight benefits, mm-hmm. I would have spent 1500. Yeah. I would have spent the close to two grand yeah. because yeah. there's nothing worse than the fucking bullshit layover. Right. They just waste time. Right. Raul flew from Toronto. Mm-hmm. He took uh Iceland air. Okay. <laughs> it's the worst fucking flight you can take. Yeah. But he had a, a layover, I believe in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, and barely made it to his flight because of the connect. Cause there is a delay. Yeah. So he had to book it yeah. from the fucking gate to the other gate. Jesus. Um, all in all, it was like 10 hours or I think 11 hours mm-hmm. was his travel time. Yeah. I mean, fuck that shit. Yeah. You know, like we're lucky to have straight flights from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So I always recommend it. Fly Delta. Yeah. You know, because yeah, spend the extra money, you know, yeah. cause there's, I mean, dude, the you're going to be dancing, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you want to have some sort of level of comfort, right. You know, going over there with peace of mind, at least. right? So if you go summertime, yeah, let's fucking do it. Yep. Um, but I, I, I mean, blueprint just, is definitely yeah. on, on the list for me. No, U.S. jams are yeah, for sure. So. Like I, I'm on the, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I have a war path. Yeah. I'm going to be taking, fuck it. And. It's going to be my usual me, man. If no one comes with me, no one comes with me. I don't care. Right. It's been like that. Right. <laughs> like, like, I'm, like, no surprise to me at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I Also, too, you know, on a deeper level, I think that by me taking that stretch mm-hmm. and really digging deep again into mm-hmm. this dance, I think it brings the value up of community in Minnesota. Right. Because, yes, there's, the house community here is, is a little more tight-knit now. Yeah. You know, like, there's yep. your usuals. Right. And I'm grateful for everyone. Yeah. But I think what annoys me is for those people that did participate back mm-hmm. then, looked at this like a trend. Yeah. You know, and that's what annoys me. Right. You know, I'm like, oh, you thought this was a trend. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to go do the next trendy thing. Right. Fine. Yeah. I'm going to make this look so fucking good. I'm going to build this community so fucking hard mm-hmm. that you're going to wonder what the fuck happened. Right. And maybe that's a negative way of looking at it. But whatever, man. I'm motivated by negative negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's how I fucking win a lot of shit. Yeah. Is by shit that didn't go, that went south. That's how I make the upcoming.
1: Well, you also have a thing of... Um Realizing that, uh, and I I think part of this is also (laughs) to play uh, armchair psychologist. I think this is because of just you. Like, you didn't grow up with like siblings, right? No. So, you would make like surrogate situations for that, right? You'd be like, oh, I need brothers. So, I'm going to have, I'm going to be in a crew. You know, I need um, a sense of community and belonging. Otherwise, I'm just, you know, walking home getting chased by dogs every day. So I need to find something to push for. And um, because there's a lot of other people that don't, right? Like they they say, well, I never had any of those things, so fuck it. I'm just going to sit here and just exist and hope that something falls in my lap. You go out and you make things happen. And um, that's a very admirable quality because there's plenty of other people that have everything that don't do shit, right? Mm -hmm. They've got access to all kinds of stuff, but they're like, I don't know what to fucking do and stuff. And you're just like, yo, I've got a directive. I've got a path. I'm going on. And that self-belief and that motivation, that determination, um, it's what always causes you to be able to um, never worry or fret about what you don't have. Cause you're like, well, if I really want this thing, whatever it is bad enough, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. I'll get it. Yeah. And, and then even if you fall short of the goal, you're like, I got close. Yeah. Like I, I almost touched the back of Usain Bolt when I ran after it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so maybe the next time, I might be shoulder to shoulder with them. And then maybe the time after that, I might finally, you know, beat them, right? Like, so I've always respected that about you. Um, And that's part of the reason why I appreciate, you know, your friendship and uh, the fact that we're crewmates and the fact that we are collaborators in all these different um, aspects because it constantly reminds me to um, follow suit because i know that and and this even goes back to you know my martial art training right was that you only get what uh you only get out what you put in from anything and i've seen so many people that waste their life because they were talented but they never spent that talent every day drilling in and making that like you know a part of their life so you know now they're in their forties going, yeah, back in the day I was, you know, it's an uncle Rico thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I I could have been all state or whatever. And it's like, but they never continue to do anything. And, um, and then of course they've got like a lot of regret and resentment and, you know, they feel a certain sort of way, you know, which is understandable, but then it's, it's actually like they, they want to externalize it and make it all about the, it was the world or the, everybody outside of them that kept them down. It was just them. Mm -hmm. And, I think that um having people around that represent accountability, like true accountability, not just throwing a guilt trip on you or busting your balls every 5 fucking seconds, but actually being like okay, cool, whatever whatever this is, you know, that that's cool, but I got to go this way now. And that person's like, shit, yeah, maybe I need to maybe I need to toughen up a little bit and keep it moving. And then you get to um you you get to have so much more ownership of the things that you earned. Mm. And exactly that. That's the key word. Everything you've earned. Nothing was ever just given, right? And um, so, so when I see those motivations, I know that, you know, sometimes like we as people, we can be very hard on ourselves like me. I'm always busting my own balls about talking too much and X, Y, and Z. But then like you will point out to me that you're like, but you are a very social person you're great at communication that's a skill you know yeah you, that's you, a skill in itself you find ways to broadly connect with people yeah like you've never done professional ice skating but you'll find some sort of a way to connect with a professional ice skater yep and be like bffs <laughs> you know and and i and like and the parallel is with you is that you've always been a very disciplined and motivated person even though you say that you are driven or motivated by negative shit i don't see it so much as negative as much as you you seek uh you you know the more uncomfortable the situation the better it's going to build your character yeah yeah. and that's honestly what i mean
0: too Where it's like when i say that i mean like okay this sucks Mm -hmm.
1: but there's a light it's it's like you know that the only way you're going to get strong is by putting a couple more plates on the the bar. exactly yeah yeah you know like when i when i say negative
0: not like fucking everything's and it's negative all the way through no no it's it sucks right now right so i'm gonna punch right through it exactly to get to that light yeah to get to those flowers right you know like i'm gonna punch right through this motherfucker right it's more so motivated by adversity yep exactly you know like that's what it is because adversity that
1: shit doesn't last forever no and and the thing too is that like there's people that do things with different motivations right like like, people might ask us, like, why do we do what we do? And they're hoping that, you know, you have some sort of like a, a like a personal glory type of thing, right? I only want to be a good dancer because of how it makes me feel yeah. and how I connect with other people mm-hmm. through this vocabulary and through, um, you know, movement. It's like you find fellow people that do the same thing, and you actually bond better than just, you know, some random-ass person that you know, you don't feel like any kind of similarities to right. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I also know too, um, on the DJ tip that it's like, I, I get, I get a bigger kick out of being able to present a format and a template for people to be able to do the thing that like we normally do on the regular. Like we have to go out and pursue it, right. We have to work harder, travel a of state, mm-hmm. build with other people, And then it's like, then we get to bring it back and we go, okay, well now that I've got this experience, um, I want to be able to set up something and share something. And then that way, when the homies from out of state or out of country finally decide like yo what's up with minnesota like you guys have been like making some moves like i've been seeing like more and more people and more posts of like better dancers and all this other stuff and it's like yeah man we're you know we got this one event that we're doing monthly or we got this residency i'm producing music um you know we're thinking about throwing an event we're doing this we're doing that the third and it's like all right cool you know you know if you need any help with anything let me know Mm -hmm. and you're like bet and then that in turn is what helps a scene to grow Mm -hmm. to the point where you know I mean, shit, uh, we still got to have him on, but uh, shout out to like Johnny Craze, right? Um, Where, you know, there's people that are just like, okay, let me me throw my hat in the ring and see what I can get going with the connections that I have. And I know that there's some people that um, if you do it for the wrong reasons, you can be an upstart, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm qualified to teach a dance style that I'm not even good at, right? Or I'm a horrible dancer, but I want to throw... A massive event and you know and i want to do all this stuff and you're like okay but don't put the cart before the horse Mm -hmm. like make sure that you have those honest connections you know like go to places build with people don't just kiss their ass and try to you know get in their good graces but actually like be recognized by them like they respect you Mm -hmm. they say oh yeah you don't come out to just nibble on my heels and hope i give you something you, I've seen you come out to these events on the regular. That's why so many people respect you. Um, even though um, a lot of people would get this twisted, they think that, like, but you didn't win, like, the last, like, four Summer Dance Forevers. So how do so many people know you if you're not sitting here like this grand champion, you know? i a dick. Yeah. Well, you're not a dick and you're part of the community. Yeah. And it's the same kind of shit as like, you know, the people that are on the dance floor are just as important as a person in the DJ booth. And they're just as important as the people that, you know, take money at the gate and mm. the people that are serving drinks. Everybody's got a role to play in the yeah. party atmosphere. Yeah. And yep. I think that, Many of us lose sight of that, so we think... Because, again, you see dancing like a sport. You're like, I want to do that because I want everybody's attention. Mm. But then you realize, like, what if the crowd wasn't there, right? Yeah. Would you and still dance? Would you still dance? Would you be doing yeah. this for you? Yeah. Would you be doing this because the music is moving you? And if you mm. can't, then you know that you're not doing it for the right reasons. Right. And um, mixing, for me, is like... Um, there was just a, a couple... last couple of weeks have also been kind of tough like emotionally, like in my personal life. And I was like on a real kind of like down kind of note. And I was just like, you know what? I need a natural uh, antidepressant. So I just started playing disco. Yeah. And then I went from like playing like two records to all of a sudden I was mixing for three hours straight. I was just like in a fever and I just just kept throwing records in and I just kept going. Did you record it? Um, I didn't record it, but shit. but what I did though was afterwards, there's like that kind of feeling that you get when like if you've been sitting for too long, mm-hmm. when you first get up, it it fucking sucks, yeah, right? It's tr- like
0: ants on the feet, yeah, shit. or
1: like or like when you when you're first doing a warm up, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you go to house class and you're doing a five minute warm up and you're like, ah, damn, I feel so gassed, yeah. But then at the end of class, and then they say, all right, everybody, let's circle up. We're gonna have a cipher now you're just on yeah it was like you had to go through this you had to go from like a dead stop to all of a sudden now you're going 80 miles per hour Mm -hmm. and you have to respect the process of the build yeah and i noticed that i was too stagnant so i had to get up and do something creative i had to make something that i could control and um then once you get that momentum and that movement, now you start getting ideas. You're like, yo, this would go really good in this mix. Oh, that little thing that I did right there. Shit, that was dope. Like I I was uh you know, now that there's like the fiftieth anniversary of, of hip hop, um I I went back and I reflected on uh and this is seems kind of off subject but it, it comes back. Don't worry. Um but like uh Grandmaster Flash um for whatever anybody thinks about him in any way shape or form you know that's cool like that you're entitled to your opinion but i have to respect his genius and his innovation because what he did with his quick mix theory was he did something that like that's the that's like what we're currently going through in the culture right now where before we used to have people that were just raw right Right. like disenfranchised have nothing and then they just feel like they just want to go off right Mm -hmm. and then you started getting like dance nerds, right? People who grew up watching those people. So they they want to do it too. And they figured out ways to intellectualize it and maybe teach it better or develop and manifest better techniques and flash, you know, his quick mix theory wasn't just simply marking records and going, okay, here's where the break is, you know, on these two records. And I'm just going to go between that. It was, he actually made a mathematical equation. That was what blew my fucking wig back because like a lot of people, I was under the impression back in the day that like Herc and Bam were already doing that too. No, they were just needle dropping uh, records. Yeah. They're they, shitty DJs. They, they were just they were just finding <laughs> like they were they were finding like the best part of the song and just right. going from best part to best part to best part to best part, not knocking them right, right in the in that regard. Right. But just saying that they didn't blend records, you know. But then like when you started to see the innovations in disco, which eventually became you know, prevalent in-house, it was already kind of naturally being done because the songs weren't so fast. And they and it wasn't like you were just chasing after breakbeats. It was like more about chasing grooves. So you had more room to, to do stuff, right? Everything was a little bit of a slower pace. In hip-hop, it was accelerated because the time signatures, even though they're slower, the the meat of the song is like faster. And Flash figured out a way to hack into that. And he said, there's got to be something here. There's got to be like... Like a, like a 1 plus 1 equals 2, and no matter how many different ways that you do this, it's always going to have the same equal thing, right? You could try it with 10 different records, and it's still going to come out the same way. And that's, that's how science works, right? And, um, and what, what was ingenious about that was that once he figured that out, it was kind of like at that point now he can't miss, and now that he can't miss, he can progress even further. And other people, we take it for granted as DJs. We just go, okay, well, here's where the kick is or here's where the snare is, and I'm just going to wait, and then I'm going to wind this record back. And, but when you realize the ratio, you go, holy shit, I can do this without the aid of uh, loops. Mm-hmm. I could do this manually if I wanted to with two records. Mm-hmm. I could do this. Um, and, then, and then, of course, you appreciate DJ gear even more because mm-hmm. then when you're on software and you go, damn, now I don't have to sit here and do all this additional stuff but if you ever got lost, let's say the screen breaks, let's say some asshole was jumping up and down and he damaged uh, the CDJs, pulled them like right off the the table and they broke, and all that's left is a couple of twelve hundreds mm-hmm. and a stack of records. You will still be able to say, okay, well, I don't have access to a drum machine anymore, mm-hmm. but I got these two sticks and some teak wood. I can bang this. I can bang out some percussion using yeah. primitive means, and um, all that to say that. These types of innovations, um, they we, we have to go to a place of creativity to really feel inspired. Mm. Right? And if you're just gonna sit there and accept whatever is given, you know, you're just gonna accept the pre made meal, the thing that somebody else cooks for you, and you're not gonna get in the kitchen and make something yourself, of course you're gonna get to have all these problems because you're trusting somebody else to provide something for you, to provide the party, to provide the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. provide the entertainment. But if you get involved in it, then it's the thing that actually you wake up in the morning and you go, man, it's like, I'm going to be okay. Like, I know I work this shitty job that I don't like, but after this, I got session or maybe this is just a means to an end to get me to save up for a plane ticket to go to Amsterdam mm-hmm. you know it's like and now life is tolerable yeah you know you're able to make do where other people I know they have money in the bank and they're still just they don't know what like what the fuck to do with life and of course that's usually how they lose it at all too right because they're like I'm bored I got a trust fund or i I'm Opulent and this 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 and this and they kind of crash themselves into the cliff Yeah, because they're like well I didn't really earn this and I don't really feel like I have any control or ownership So i'm just going to do nothing but get into trouble with it And because you disrespected that it's not going to respect you in return But if you put maximum respect and you say hey, man I i'm very protective of my finances because I worked so hard to get them so when I make these investments when I do these types of things um you know, I, I'm, I'm a lot more aware. I don't, I'm not just on autopilot. And, you know, with you, you, um, you always demonstrate that you like you live and you embody that. And that's a big reason why, you know, I appreciate, you know, your involvement in the scene as a dancer, as a person, you know, as my friend, as my brother. Um, and also the fact that like, there's other people like you in other parts of the world. And that's how you have, you know, the forever series. That's how you have the funk boxes. That's how you have the blueprints. That's how you have, you know, some party in South Africa that everybody goes to, right? Is because there's always just that one person who says, yeah, I'm, I don't want to fucking rely on pop radio or, you know, social media or MTV or this or that to tell me what is dope. I want to make something, you know, I want to do something. I, I need to go out and dance. I need to go out and create. I need to go out and manifest. So I guess if that's like the thesis of the day about manifestation is really like exploring within yourself, like what is it that you want? What flips your switch and mm. what inspires you and moves you? And then from there, set up all the images in, y- in your head and know that they cannot be stopped yeah. except for by you. Yeah. And the only reason why they can't, they can be stopped is because you just decide to tell your brain tells your legs, stop walking towards it. Mm hmm. And a lot of people do that. We self-sabotage all the time. We talk ourselves out of shit. Oh, I'll do it next time. Oh, you know, I'm not good enough. Um, I need five more years before I'm going to compete. And I was just saying this to um, a couple of uh, uh, people at, at session yesterday. I was like, if you keep putting it off, you're going to be 50 mm-hmm. before you fucking know it. Yep, yep. So move on this shit. Move like you've got a purpose. Otherwise, yeah. you know, life is going to go by so goddamn quick. And then you're going to be like so many other people that I, I feel really bad for because they're silently just suffering or their only outlet is to get on social media and bitch about whatever they want to bitch about. And yeah. I'm like, bro, how come you're not making your life better? Yeah, You're obviously miserable and, and you're complaining about whatever the thing is, right? Oh, I'm mad about these politicians. Well, then why don't you get involved you know, in, in something, right? Or do something else like instead of just sit here and watch what's going on you know, across the street and freaking out about it. Why don't you do something positive and creative for you mm-hmm. and for your family and your friends and your community? And then eventually, you get to a place where now you've you've earned these things, and now you feel you know better. And then you're able to you know deal with life rather than letting life deal with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So
0: yeah, if, you know, when people are like write up goals and shit, like they say, hey, on on March 1st, I will start this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds cliche, but mm-hmm. dude, fuck the date. Just start it now. Yeah, yeah. Just start now, and and sometimes you'd be amazed at how fast you achieve that goal right. because you you didn't say, hey, next week I will start this. Right, you just fucking started it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's in a sense, it's like that. It's the idea of cutting shit cold turkey. Yeah, you know. But now it's pursuing shit cold turkey. Right. Where I'm like, I'm just gonna fucking go.
1: Right. It's you know, it was the thing that I learned from ice baths. Right. Yeah. Is that the more that you think about taking the ice bath, the more you're going to talk yourself out of it. Yeah, You just have to like, you wake up in the morning, you're drinking your coffee and you just turn the tub on Yep, and, and wait until it gets filled and then you're like, all right, yeah. ice is in there and then finally it's like, you know, finally you're like, oh, coffee's done. All right, cool. And yeah. you're like, you jump in. Now if you stop and you sit and you think about it and you're like, you're testing the water temperature and you're looking at stuff and you're like, oh, I just got, you know, an email. I'm going to read my emails or I, I'm going to, watch tv while this is going eventually you're going to get to the point where you're going to talk yourself completely out of that
0: right you know right you know that that saying fuck around and find out there's a good
1: side to it too right and and that's what it is just fucking just going for it yep and you know and we learn that as dancers too right it's like if you keep you know if you don't go in and actually see what you're made of you're not going to know what to improve on either Mm -hmm. you might think in your mind that you're this great dancer and then you're going to get fucking smoked and then you go, yo, I got shit stamina, or I'm bad musically, or I've got no creativity, or I was intimidated by this person, or I was overwhelmed by the crowd, or whatever the thing is. So now you know what you got to work on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be that guy who teaches, you know, karate in some dojo in a strip mall that never had to be challenged, and everyone looks up to you, but you're in this like nice little comfortable lane, but you kind of know within yourself that you're a fraud, mm-hmm. right? So we have to be. We want to talk about holding everybody else accountable, motherfucker. For every finger you point at somebody, remember that you got three fingers pointing right back at you. Mm-hmm. So, it, before you even open your trap about some shit like that, ask yourself, what am I doing? Am I manifesting? Am I representing? Am I demonstrating? Am I showing? Improving the way that I could be, and if not, then you know, just think about that rather than being like you know, because everyone's allowed to have an opinion, yeah, but. You know, I'll think about that when I see people, you know, jumping online and sometimes I'll even get I'll be like ready to engage and be like, well, actually that I I, I stop and I'm like, I'm on social media, but I don't really engage Mm -hmm. because I realize I'm like, I'm literally wasting my time. Yeah, I could be training right now. I could be mixing right now. I could be there for my friends or my family or you know loved ones i could be you know doing my laundry Mm -hmm. i could be putting my clothes away and instead i'm chopping it up with somebody about the details of some bullshit movie and you know if the actor was the right person or who shot first han or Greedo, or you know like this that shit doesn't fucking matter it doesn't and truly doesn't and it's like but then the thing is that, like, when you, when you once you acknowledge that, it doesn't mean that you go through life like a nihilist either. You don't yeah. think, like, oh, everything's bullshit, nothing matters, so fuck it. No, you, you actually go, because these things that I put so much time and stock into um, really aren't as important, guess what? That can wait. I got more, you know, uh, more pressing matters to take care of, like my health. or my goals, or, you know, how I'm going to, you know, get out and uh, do something. Because, you know, uh, that's another travesty that we have in the dance community is that everyone's always waiting for the next jam. Yeah. And it's like, what do you occupy in between jams? Otherwise, you're just going to be sitting there for three months going stir crazy, and then finally, by the time that the jam is there, you're not even ready.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that are big-time thinkers. Mm -hmm. They think a lot. Yep. I think that you should act so you can give yourself something to think about.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's brilliant.
0: Yeah. So if you're a big time thinker, just fuck around, find out, and then mm-hmm. you give yourself something to think about. Yeah. Like, damn, that really sucked. Well, <laughs> or damn, that was actually pretty good.
1: It's like even like Jocko Willink. I like when he he says like, earn your rest. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. um don't just wake up in the morning and be like, oh man, like. I just sat and I just fucking watched like 37 movies on Netflix and I didn't do shit. Woo, I'm so fucking tired. It's like, no, you wake up in the morning and you go, I know that if I don't really like push myself, then as soon as I come home and I, you know, hit the the pillow, I might be just be sitting here thinking about the world mm. and I'm going to lose even more sleep and I'm going to become more tired and more irritable. And then it's going to make me unravel later. So what do I got to do first? You know, you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you make your bed, you know, the, the, the most like immediate things that you can actively do. Then from there you go, well, I'm going to push the needle a little bit further. I'm going to go to the gym. And then after that, it's like, you know, now somebody hits you up and says, Hey, what are you doing today? Um, nothing really planned. Okay, cool. Do you want to go here and do this? Or, you know, do you want to go lab or do you want to go in the studio or whatever? And you're like, yeah, bet. And, then by the end of the day, you look back and you're like, man, I fucking I really seized this day. Mm-hmm. And then I've run into numerous people who, um, it's like whenever they have a day off, um, they have a tendency to kind of like squander it, and they turn back and they go, oh fuck, now it's Monday, right? And the weekend just blasted by, but they weren't really doing anything on that weekend, you know. So I always try right. to keep you know the uh i always keep try to keep like a fire under my heels to say all right it doesn't matter if it's monday through sunday i'm always trying to do something every single day yeah something of of merit because it's not enough just to work mm-hmm. and then come home mm-hmm. you know all you're doing is you're you're waiting to die in my opinion yeah and if you don't go out and you push yourself and pursue things and be passionate about stuff and be creative then you know, eventually you're going to look back and you're going to realize there's a lot more sand in the bottom of the hourglass than there is isn't the top.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're going to be like, "What do I have to show for this?" Yeah. You know. So, yeah, man, I, I really feel like yeah, we have to move like we got a purpose. And yeah. you know, you you definitely do. And that's why I'm very honored. You know, and I, I love this when you when you go out and you get something and then you're able to come back and be like, "Yeah, this is based off of my experience." I went to a place where maybe I don't even know anybody yet or I don't know who's gonna be there. And then, you know, just based off of your spirit of adventure, you go out and you utilize and you plant seeds. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you come back, everyone remembers you. And then now it's like motherfuckers are like, Yo, you're here, you know, and you know, you you would have never got that if you just, you know, sat here in Minnesota and just dreamed about going to um, That's right. yeah. any of the Forever series, or if you would have just went one time. Of course, then no one's going to remember you because you never came back. Mm-hmm. But you were like, yo, I'm going to go again and again and again, and then mm-hmm. maybe a few years goes by and then you come back and people missed you. Yeah. So you know that that says something. It's just like you know, you know, live until you die. Yeah. Like actually live, don't just exist. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think we should wrap that up. Yeah. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten yet.
1: Yeah, neither have I. So. Well, fucking a. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Styles and Drizz. We will talk to you soon All right peace
1: love and soul everybody peace Boy let's go hit his Boy to his boy
2: Close boys, you seeing him up on Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday is the Saturday. 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 Saturday is the Saturday. Saturday
0: is the Saturday. Saturday is the Saturday. Back once more with the wall up in the score. Spice about a riff shit and make it rock your hip. Revival of the roller boogie and the shit to make you think about the time we spoke fun instead of fight. But been from a piece of metal, shoulda yo. Get the life. Slip your butt to the fix of this mix. Toss that briefcase is time to let loose, cause you work like heck to get the weekend check. It's so one fast that sleep on your neck, connected like a vibe from the wheel to the foot, come on everybody with the funky output.